with you, not because you are not able to do it, Lord, but because of love, you want us to partake in doing the very things which will be of benefit. Everything good comes from your hand, Father God. So we thank you for all of that. And we wouldn't have any other God. The Bible says in one place that uh, there is none like me in all the world, speaking of God. So, Father, continue to be with us, uh, help us and guide us, which we know that oftentimes we don't even have to ask. You will do it even before we ask. And, Father, we thank you also for your mercy shown, uh, especially in the context of this COVID thing, which is, is still going on. We're not sure exactly what it is and, and, and how, how it will finally end. But, Father, worldwide, may we also ask for you to continue to be merciful and to be uh, ever loving to us and to put the same sort of principles in our hearts that we can live in this world, not being uh, inactive, but being proactive where we see that we can do uh, something to make things better. These mercies we ask, Father, in Jesus' name uh, and with thanksgiving. Amen. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not, thy compassions they fail not. As thou hast been, the forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies I see. All
pardon for sin and the peace that enjoyeth thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide straight for today and bright hope for tomorrow let things
uh, end this um, praise and worship as we prepare our hearts for the yes, um, prepare our hearts for the um, next part of the service as we sing as I sing this song. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
Morning, saints. I'd like to extend a very warm welcome to all of you this morning, those from Braintree Church, from Bethlehem Church, from Chancellor Church, from Olden Church. A very warm welcome to you all this morning as we come to worship together. And of course, we extend a very warm welcome to all those who are visiting us and joining us on YouTube or with other uh, methods you have of joining with us today. Wherever you are in the world, uh, we very extend a very, very warm welcome to you and thank you for being with us this morning. The announcements uh, this morning are as follows. This three o'clock, this afternoon, 3 p.m., we have the Pathfinders induction. And um, please, all of you are welcome to join that. Not 3.30 as normal on the Sabbath afternoon, but 3 p.m. And uh, we uh, ask that you join that and um, to support the children in that uh, meeting. Uh, from 2 to 4, uh, from 4 p.m. on Sunday, as normal, is our non Bible study for an Adventist uh, Bible study. Please, you'll feel free to join for that. It's a very uh, blessed time when we spend that hour together. And uh, now, uh, Deidre is going to put the poster up for us now. It's on the 24th of April, which is next Sabbath. It is the uh, um, 
It is, let's say the 17th of April, which is next Sabbath. It's the Children's Ministry Day. And uh, if the uh, rescue show a poster for that, please. And also the 24th of April is the Area 8 Grays Church Full Night Prayer. So uh, if you feel inclined to join that, uh, please do so. Our call to worship this morning comes from Psalms 96, and I'll be reading extracts from verses 8 to 13. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in holy attire. Tremble before him all the earth. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice, for he is coming. For he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. We ask that now that uh, we ask the Lord's blessing as he uh, we now begin this divine service. And we pray that all will be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Happy the home when God is there and love fills every breast. When one their wish and one their prayer and one their heavenly rest. Happy the home where Let us all bow down our heads for intercessory prayer. Those who can kneel down, I kindly request you to kneel down. Let us pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we gather here in one accord before your throne at this moment. Thank you so much for this beautiful Sabbath day that you have given us so that we can mentally and physically take rest from our daily work, so that we can surrender ourselves and worship you with our whole heart and mind, Lord. 
Thank you for protecting us and keeping us alive amidst this pandemic. Lord, at this moment, I pray for all the families that is here in the service, O oh Lord. Thank you for giving us a wonderful service so far. Lord, thank you for blessing our families from keeping us away from harms and dangers, O oh Lord. Lord, at this moment, I like to pray for the families who have lost their loved ones because of this because of this pandemic. Kindly comfort them and guide them, Lord. Especially, I pray for uh, Joyce, Sister Joyce's friend, Joy Rita, who has lost her mother because of sickness. Lord, I beg for your comfort, Lord. Only you can comfort that family, Lord. Lord, at this moment, I like to pray for each and everyone who is working during this pandemic. Thank you, Lord, for protecting them. Lord, this time I want to apologize for all the sins that we might have committed that is hindering our prayers to reach you. In the mighty name of Jesus, please forgive us and wash us in your blood so we can be transformed and get close to you again. I pray for each and everyone who is kneeling down before you, Lord. Lord, you know their hearts and desires. You know the prayer requests that they have. Kindly fulfill them according to your will, O oh Lord. Lord, at this moment, I surrender the speaker of the hour, Pastor Melky, at thy hands. As he is going to speak about real and family in the life, God bless him. Let every word be from you, Lord, so that we may practice and live according to your word, so that the happiness, heavenly happiness and heavenly peace may be among our families. Lord, I pray for, Lord, please bring in, an end to this pandemic soon, O oh Lord. Lord, at this moment, once again, I submit all the prayer requests in your hand. Please hear us, O oh Father. As we prepare ourselves to hear your word, hold us so that we may not be distracted by the worldly things. Guide us, guard us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Putting God first can be difficult. What can we learn from Cain, who refused to put God first? Adam and Eve had been cast out of the Garden of Eden when Cain was born. They experienced hardship together. Adam worked hard to grow sustenance from the earth, and his children certainly helped when they were old enough to start working. Cain focused on agriculture. Abel kept flocks. Both heard how God sacrificed the first animal to forgive their sins and cover their shame. Both Cain and Abel wanted to worship God. When they came of age, they both brought an offering from the best of what they had. Abel brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat, while Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground. God looked with favor on the offering Abel brought, but rejected Cain's offering. Cain became furious, not at God and not even at himself. He was furious with Abel, his brother. But Cain clearly rejected God's instruction of what an acceptable offering should have been. In humility, Cain should have arranged with his brother to have an animal sacrifice. He didn't. Perhaps he thought he would do his best and that should have been enough. You know, sometimes we decide to make our own rules when it comes to our offering. This is a mistake. God is God and we are not. The instructions on what we should do with our tithes and offerings are clear and we must follow them. 
Once rejected, Cain could not bring himself to be vulnerable and talk to God, his parents, or even his brother. Without any resistance, resentment took over Cain. God tried to help, but Cain also rejected God. Sin took over his heart, and he surrendered all control to his anger and violence. Cain would go down in history as the first murderer. Cain refused to put God first. The consequences were terrible for him and the people around him. God's love compels us to put his kingdom first, while Cain's example is a warning for us today. But we don't have to be like Cain. As we return our tithe and promise, we are challenged to put God first. Let us pray. Our kind and loving Father, we want to thank you, Lord, this morning. Father God, we want to thank you for all what you have done for us throughout the week. Father God, we want to thank you for the gift of life. Father, may you bless each and everyone. We have come today to worship you. May you bless the tithe and offering. May you bless our children as well, Father. May you lead us now as we are going to divine service. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Good morning and happy Sabbath to everyone and happy Sabbath to all the children that are listening today. So today I've got a story for you about a father named Simon and a son named Josh. Now Simon and Josh owned a donkey and one day they heard about a market that was going on in town so they decided you know what let's take the donkey along with us and let's walk to town. Um, so they they started off on foot and um, on the way um, to the market. So as they were going they heard a man shouting across, from across the road why are both of you on foot when you have a donkey with you? You know the man was like being really judgmental and he was saying why like you literally have a donkey with you why isn't one of you on there uh, so Simon and Josh didn't really see his point but Simon the father decided okay let me just hop on um the donkey and let's not cause a fuss um so um so that the man can leave them alone so Simon ended up on the donkey, Josh, little Josh was walking alongside and they continued on their way to the market. And so sooner or later they heard some women like um, yelling at them, yelling at um, Simon in particular saying, oh, why are you leaving your little boy to walk alongside whilst you're being lazy and sat on the donkey? So Simon and Josh thought, oh no, we don't want to cause any trouble. Um, so. Simon decided to get off the donkey and Josh went onto the donkey so that these women would leave them alone. Um, and so they continued on their journey. They were a bit confused as to why everyone was having some input on, on their um, choice of travel, but um, they decided to ignore it and continue on their journey. So Josh was on the donkey um, and Simon was on foot. So they continued on their way to the market um, and 
they heard a group of strangers now shouting at them, shouting at Josh saying, you're such a young lad, you're still youthful. Why are you sat on the donkey whilst your poor old man is being left to walk alongside? And Josh and Simon just didn't know why everyone was so invested and but they didn't want to cause any trouble of course so they decided you know what let's both sit on the donkey and so no one can say anything so both simon and josh ended up sitting on the donkey and they continued on their way to market um and then at this point another stranger came up to them and was like you guys do not know how to look after your animals. How could you put such a heavy load on your donkey? You've got two grown men and all, all, of that, all the other things that you're trying to carry. Um, and Simon and Josh didn't know what to do because every, every single way they tried, um, they were being ridiculed by everyone. Um, and they really didn't want to cause any trouble. So they, they looked across the road and they saw... Um, there were a few planks, planks of wood and some rope. And so they thought, you know what, let's grab those planks of wood, tie the donkey's um, feet to the planks and let's just carry the donkey. So that's what they did. They brought the planks, planks over, tied the donkey's um, feet to the planks and they lifted it above their heads and they started going towards um, the market in town. And as soon as, soon as um, they got into town, there were a lot of people, people started um, shouting and laughing and saying, oh, look at these two men, they're so silly. Um, and it's quite a silly story, but the moral that I wanted you to get out of this is that you can't please everyone. Not everyone's going to be satisfied um, with you. Um, so you can't just keep swaying with every pressure that you receive um, we always need to be looking to god to inform our decisions um, in everyday life and also looking to the people that we trust around us listening to our family especially our parents and being obedient to them um, but we need to ensure that when we do go out into the world we're not um, fully pressured by um, everything that society tells us to do um, so I hope with that um, you're able to learn something. So let's pray. Dearest Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all that you've done for us, um, for helping us to listen to this story, um, and please help us to not, um, not cave with the judgments of the world, and help us to continue um, to listen to your, to listen to your word and to your advice and help us not to give in to peer pressure. Uh, thank you so much for all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay, hello. So I will be doing the survival process and the memory verse is Philippians chapter two, verse five to eight. And it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, 
but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a born servant and becoming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Thank you.
and evaporate so away I will stand to face another day I will stand behind his wall Blessed Sabbath to every one of you. And I strongly believe and I have a great conviction that uh, the Holy Spirit is working in all our families and individuals. And I praise the Lord for Jesus Christ, who is on a daily basis strengthening us to move forward in spite of so many challenges. And also... I have a very great belief that very soon we will see a smaller white cloud which will be enlarged as it comes towards this year where we can see Jesus Christ by our own eyes. And just before even we open the scriptures, my duty is to thank all of you for your uh, unprecedented support and cooperation throughout this uh, week of family emphasis days. Uh, we have a very great crowd of God's people who have come together to listen to uh, the marvelous presentation from different outstanding speakers from different parts of this planet. And therefore, I, on behalf of uh, all the head elders and leaders and every member and visitors, I would like to extend our uh, deep appreciation to Elder uh, Mashudu, Pastor Watson, and Pastor Leslie. Uh, so also, I have few individuals that I personally have to extend my thanks to Sister Rhoda, who helped me to organize the speakers and also the four family ministry leaders from all of our uh, four congregations, Sister Rabina, uh, Sister Grace, Brother uh, Tiago, and Sister Hilda, who really put their programs together so that we uh, were able to have a very good, well-organized uh, program. And uh, I, I should uh, thank uh, the media team, Brother Deeraj and uh, his team, who really worked hard uh, in spite of your challenges in the media ministry in terms of technical situation. Yet, they didn't give up but moved forward so that the churches were blessed. And I also would like to request all of you to come back next week to listen to our children's program uh, from divine service, from Sabbath school, Vesper service and afternoon uh, program is all will be taken by uh, children. So please come along and we will certainly be blessed. And this afternoon also, 
I just uh, would like to encourage everyone to uh, come to support the Pathfinder. And this afternoon, we started uh, at 3 o'clock. And I presume uh, the Pathfinder leaders and their uh, participants will be in the Zoom at 2.30 itself, uh, which means this is the sign they have already uh, planned with a very good program uh, to equip and encourage and motivate uh, our children in Pathfinder. So please come along at three o'clock sharp in the same Zoom. And I strongly believe that our families and every person are completely revived in this week. So I would like to thank you once again for every participants and every member uh, for this outstanding support and prayers. Um, for Chumsford, uh, it is a very sad news to share that uh, our beloved sister, uh, Sister Joy Rita's mother, passed away a couple of days ago and yesterday was the funeral. So we will uh, continue to uphold uh, Sister Joy Rita and her uh, family. My topic today is ways to make our family happy. Ways to make our family uh, happy. <clears throat> In 1999, I was pastor in one of the cities in uh, South India named Madras or Chennai. And in that particular church, we had a meeting at 5 a.m. every first of a month. And I had to take a train to go to that particular uh, uh, church. And after the meeting, my elder uh, used to drop me at the train station. And that particular uh, day, he dropped me and he left. So I just took a very slow walk toward the platform. So as I started walking into the platform, I saw the other corner of the platform, husband and wife or father or mother and a very young son. They were playing and laughing and joking and I was able to hear in the other uh, extreme of that platform. So I was just uh, looking at them and watching them. And I was walking toward because that's where the, plat uh, the, the compartment that I was intended to take will be. Okay, so as I was walking, I was able to hear their laughter. So I was uh, just uh, thinking about it's very nice. Families are very happy. But as I was just nearing those uh, family, that family, in my great surprise to see them, it is not uh, so strange for family to be happy, joking and laughing. But to my very great surprise, when I reached them, when I saw them, all Three of them, father, mother, and this about 10 to 12 years old son. Three of them visually impaired or blind. I was stunned by seeing them. They have never seen each other, I suppose. 
to my opinion, father and mother never saw the son. They might have fondled them, but I have never seen the color of their eyes or the color of the skin or how they resemble. But they were so happy, laughing and joking. I was thinking, see, we have a good job. We have a very good uh, uh, standard of living. But many times, families are living a miserable life. Families are not happy. But when I saw them, they have never seen the greens, the plants, the sun, moon, the stars, the beautiful creatures. They have never seen in their lives. They don't know their future. They have, a, they have no hope for tomorrow. But as a family, although they are sitting in the platform, train station, and selling some earbuds or towels or some batteries, but they were so happy. They were so happy. So I began to think, why families are falling apart? Why families are devastated? Why families are living unhappy life? And therefore, as the close of this week of family emphasis, I have just chosen in prayer the ways to make family happy. Let's bow heads for prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you that you have accepted into the remnant church. We are not simply a member of the church, but we are royal priesthood, chosen generation. And therefore, dear Lord, we have some outstanding titles when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal savior. But it is quite doleful to see that many families, even among us, in our neighborhoods, in community, families are falling apart. And even now, dear Lord, please come by now. Make use of this time and help us to be quiet and listen to you. How to make our families happy. Speak through us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. For our meditation, I have chosen a portion of scriptures from Genesis chapter 21, verses 8 to 12. The child grew and was weaned. It's talking about Isaac, Abraham, Sarah, Hagar, and Ishmael. What happened? What's the problem in that family? And how Abraham dealt it and made the family happy. The child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne 
to Abraham, playing with her son Isaac. So she said to Abraham, cast out this slave woman with her, for the son of this slave woman shall not inherit along with my son Isaac. Verse 11 and 12. The matter was very distressing to Abraham on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, don't be distressed because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you. For it is through Isaac that offspring shall be named for you. My brothers and sisters, today, as you have received so many texts and messages to pray for families, to pray for wives, to pray for husbands, to pray for children. And when we see the dilemma or the situation of the families in our church, in our extended families, in our community, we see some sad news. Nowadays, families are falling apart. Hope in the family is fading. The genuine happiness is dwindling. Unity and harmony in the family is like a passing cloud. And I praise the Lord for the passage of scriptures in Genesis chapter 21, which will help us to make and maintain our family in a happy mode. And if there is any family here, if there is any individual here who have not experienced the genuine happiness in your family, and I implore you, please go through Genesis chapter 21, how Abraham came forward in spite of so many ups and downs, in spite of so many challenges, how he came forward to make his family a happy family. And I have uh, uh, three lessons or ways for you to share from the life of Abraham and his family. How Abraham made his family very happy and pleasing and glorifying the Lord. Number one, number one. Lesson number one that Abraham is trying to help us to accept. Lesson number one, how to make our family happy. Number one, learn to accept defeat. Learn to accept defeat. Let's go to uh, Genesis chapter 21, verse 11 and 12, that we can see that lesson from there. We have to learn to accept defeat. And the matter was very displeasing in Abraham's sight because of his son. But God said to Abraham, don't let it be pleasing in your sight because of the lay or because of your born woman. Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice. For in Isaac, your seed shall be called. Learn to accept defeat. If you want your family to be happy, learn to accept defeat. You know, people in the family, in the recent times, 
are very stubborn. They don't want to give up. They don't want to compromise. They don't want to reconcile. They want to establish their point. I don't care what's your opinion, what do you think about, what's your suggestion, but here is my point. So they don't want to give up. But if you want to have a happy life, Bible says, learn to accept defeat. You know, Abraham could have argued with Sarah. Listen, Sarah, you are asking me to take Ishmael and leave them out. Whose mistake is this? Is it my mistake? It's your mistake. He could have argued. Or Abraham could have said, I am the head of the family. If you want to live with me, do what I say. Listen and obey what I instruct. He could have said, because in those days, man is the head. Sometimes even in our families nowadays. Or Abraham could have said, it is my son. It's none of your business. Abraham could have disputed. But Abraham kept quiet and listened to the Lord and listened to Sarah because to make the family happy. Abraham could have won the dispute or argument. He could have kept Ishmael there in the family by his power. But if he would have won the argument, he would have lost his wife and promised to son. And therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, in order to have happiness in your family, either children or the husband or mother should accept the defeat. It may not be your mistake. You are right, but still, for the sake of happiness in the family, learn to accept defeat. Don't worry about it. It is my mistake. Don't worry. Let's go. Learn to accept. Because this is the habit of Jesus Christ. Let's read uh, one or two verses. Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 and 5. You can see Jesus learned to accept the defeat. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and familiar with sufferings, like one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised. And we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, spitten by him, by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace upon him and by his wounds, we are healed. He accepted the defeat upon himself for the sake of his family. I'll give you one more text. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his, by his wounds, we have been healed. Not uh, long ago, I was uh, asked to uh, pray for a family through phone. And that family is a beautiful family of six people, father, mother, and four children. 
the prayer request was that all of them severely infected by COVID-19. Severely infected. None of them were able to see each other. Everyone was isolated. The mother or the wife is a nurse. So she had a guilty conscience that because of her, four children and husband are also contaminated and infected. The whole house was echoed by coughing. Everyone was expecting others to cook for them because no one was able to walk and just do work. The whole family was devastated. But the worst is the mother or the wife because she had a guilty conscience that because of her, children and husband are infected. She brought this virus from hospital, gave to the family members. So she didn't want to speak to anyone. She didn't want to receive any phone call. That's the time the husband or the head of the family calls me, Pastor, we have heard about you. Could you please pray for us? Although we are not Seventh-day Adventists, but still we believe prayer can heal. And I said, what is the reason? I said, we are all uh, uh, infected, uh, Pastor. And the surprise thing to me, when I learned this lesson, learned to accept defeat, he said, Pastor, because of me, my wife and children are infected. Because of me. Only later I came to know it's because of her. But in order to have happiness in that family, the head of the family came forward because he learned to accept the defeat. He came to accept the failure. He came to accept the humiliation. He came forward because of me, my children and my wife are infected. That really stiggered my mind. Jesus Christ, through Abraham, helping us to understand, if you want to have our family happy, we have to learn to accept defeat, though we are right. That's what Abraham did. Number two, how to have our family happy. Learn to let go. Learn to let go. Where we can find it? Genesis chapter 21, verse 14. Abraham learned to let go. He was not so stubborn. He was not particular about it. He was not inflexible, but he learned to let go. Many people in that family are so stiff-necked. And they said, no, 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 no. I want what I want. I can't give up. I can't give up. I have all the rights and liberty in the family to have what I want. Abraham did not dispute or argue about it. Listen, I didn't have child for about 99 years. Now Ishmael is there. In 100 years, 
Isaac was born. Now everyone is here. My family is full of children. People are nice. Now it is a full, happy family. But all of a sudden you are asking me to take my son out. No, 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 no. I can't do that. But Abraham didn't say. He let it go. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Bathsheba. People are a bit inflexible. They want to have what they wanted. But in family, in order to have happiness, we learn to lose few things. We have to lose certain things. We have to let go. We cannot be so stubborn. I want what I want. Whether my wife or children, though they say and argue with me, I don't care about it. I want what I want. That's why there is a lack of happiness in that family. The reason, one of the reasons why families are falling apart, because everyone wants to have their, what they want. But Abraham, although he loved his son, Ishmael, but he learned to let it go for the sake of family happiness. You know, in family, there is no loss or gain. In family, all is not gain. In family, everybody cannot win. A family is give and take. Sometimes you have to let it go. You may like something, but for the sake of the family, you have to let it go. For the benefit of children, benefit of your spouse, and benefit for the whole family. We have to let something go. We can't be so stubborn in demanding what I want, but rather what others want in the family. Abraham learned to let it go. There is nothing mine in the family, but everything is ours. No, I want my room. I want my bed. I want my soap. I want my toiletries. I want mine. There is nothing mine in the family. It is all ours. It is all ours. Happiness is ours. Blessing is ours. Tears is ours. Ours, ours. There is nothing mine. We have to let it go for the benefit of ours family. That's exactly Jesus did. Let's read Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 8. It says, Jesus let it go. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 and 8. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, didn't count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But emptied himself. He just let it go. It may be a throne. It may be a crown. It may be heavenly glory. But for the sake of the happiness of the family, he stood back from the throne. He took out the crown. He just forsook the glory, but came as a bond servant 
Why? Because he learned to let go for the benefit of the family and its salvation. But emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. One more uh, text, the Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Yet, for your sakes, he became poor. Though you through his poverty might become rich. So because of our sakes, he became poor. The whole heaven and earth belongs to him. By him, through him, for him, the world and the universe was created. But yet, for our sake, for the benefit of the happiness of the family, he pushed away everything, including his glory and honor and respect and the throne and crown. But he accepted to be a bondservant. And therefore he says, let the mind in Jesus Christ to be in you, learned to let go. And the third one, and the third one, what we can learn from the life of Abraham. You know, no wonder why God is asking us to consider Abraham as the father of faith. Why scholars and historians are trying to plead us to consider Abraham as the beginning of religion. Why God introduced himself to Moses, I am the God of Abraham. He did not say Abel. He did not say Adam. But he said, I am the God of Abraham. Because he learned to accept the defeat. He learned to let go. Because these are the lessons that God was teaching Moses through mentioning the name Abraham. Because Abraham learned to give up. Learn to let go. Learn to accept defeat. I may be right. My suggestion is right. But for the benefit of family, I just accept the defeat. I just let go. And the third thing we can learn from Genesis chapter 1, learn to be content in the family. Learn to be content in the family. Why there is a problem in the family? Because many times people want to be selfish. Whether you have food or not, I want to have. Whether you have happiness or not, I want to have. Whether you are happy or not, I don't care, but I want to be. I, I, I. But Bible says, God says, learn to be content in the family. Let's read two texts from Genesis chapter 21. Let's read from 8 and 12. So the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast on the same day that Isaac was weaned. So, you know, Abraham was a millionaire in those days. 
So he called all the servants and neighbors and everybody. So he just made a great feast. And everybody was eating and enjoying and just receiving gifts and giving gifts to Abraham. Everything was so happy and happiness. But all of a sudden, on the same day, disaster comes. Verse 12 says, but God said to Abraham, don't let it be displeasing in your sight because of the laid or because of your born women. He was happy about a son, but at the same time, on the same day, he was asked to lose a son. If I was, will I take this or that? But Abraham learned to be content. There was happiness. At the same time, there was a sad news. There was a joy and celebration. On the same day, there was problem. But he took it both together. He learned to be content. If you want your family to be happy, if I want my family to be happy, we have to learn not only to accept defeat, not only learn to let it go, but also learn to be content in our families. Families may have ups and downs. Families may have happy conversation and misunderstanding conversation. Families have both. But because there is problems, we don't have to be so angry and upset and argue and some kind of uh, controversial things in the family. No, we have to accept joy and problems together. Learn to be content. Philippians chapter 4 is a very well-known and powerful text relevant to this uh, uh, point. Not that I speak in regard no need. For I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be based. And I know how to be abound. Everywhere in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Abraham learned to be content. He did not fight with his wife. He did not dispute with God. He did not fight with uh, other servants. He did not uh, argue with Hagar or he did not uh, do some, uh, some injustice to Ishmael or on the other side, favor for Isaac. In all the family situation, he learned to be content. That's why we call him father of faith. And we praise the Lord that he is the God of Abraham. And we also call him as the first person, first person in patriarch, our forefathers, because he learned to accept defeat. He learned to let go. He learned to be content. I just read uh, an illustration, and that's my final uh, story. 
a professor of psychology, was in the auditorium trying to teach about 200 students who have come to learn what is psychology. So the teacher uh, took the jar of water and she held it and asked the student body, what is the weight of this jar? What is the weight of this jar? And students very wisely answered, uh, it is not an empty jar, it has water, so it must be about 500 gram. And some student very wisely said, you know, the bottom is quite heavy, so it may not be 500, so it has to be about 700 gram. And some said, no, 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 it may be a plastic jar, so it can be just 300 gram. So there are various of answers. And the professor turned to the students and said, the weight of the jar is not in the water or the jar itself, it is in the hand. What do you mean, professor? As long as, I mean, as soon as you picked up the jar, it was not heavy for you. But you held it for one hour and you would see the pain coming behind the hand. Then you hold it for half a day. You will have pain here. So the jar will become heavier for you. The longer you hold, the heavier you'll feel. You, you, you keep it for at least more than half a day. Probably your hands will be numb. And maybe you will drop the jar without even realizing you are dropping. In our family, problem is not the problem, but how you see the problem will become the problem. If you think the problem is very easy, it is, it is easy. But if you see the problem in the family is a big problem, then it is a big problem. It is all depends on your mind, your decision, how you take it, how you pass through. If you are not able to learn to be content, you will have problems on daily basis. One day, separation, divorce, unhappiness in the family. But I praise the Lord for Abraham. The situation is very worse. He is there to lose people, but still he maintained the contentment. My dear brothers and sisters, I'm done, but what about you? As a Ramran church members, keeping Jesus Christ as the head of the family, is our family happy? If there is any problem that you're passing through, if you face any dissatisfaction in your family, don't come out. Don't write off. Don't give up. Learn to accept defeat. Like Abraham's family, your family will be happy. Learn to let it go. 
learn to miss something, learn to lose something. Abraham decided to lose a precious one in order to have happiness in the family. And finally, learn to be content so that the whole family will be satisfied with your decision. May the Lord bless you as we continue to have our family happy. God bless you. Amen. Happy Sabbath Church. It was an honor to be us singing this song. It's my dad's birthday today. our prayer. <clears throat> Father God, we thank you for our spirit life. We thank you 
for our Redeemer Jesus Christ. We thank you for your scriptures. We thank you for our families. What a wonderful privilege for all of us to live in your created world. Lord, there is nothing that we can hide from your eyes. Everything is transparent and clear when you see our families. There are many times in many families, dear Lord, life is for namesake, for society's sake, for the church's sake. But today and the whole week, We've been through some of the important things that it is just not for the society or for the church, but for our family benefits, for your glory. We want to be happy. We want to be together. We want to be in one accord. Family is a little heaven on earth, Lord. And as long as we live in this family, Please, dear Lord, let there be life in the family. Help us not to live in a dead family where there is no happiness, where there is no joy, where there is no thrill, where there is no excitement. But please make our families happy and united. If there is any problem in the family, dear Lord, please help us to take initiative to learn to accept defeat and failures. And help us to let it go. And please help us to learn to lose something, to miss something for the sake of the happiness of the family. So also, dear Lord, let selfishness not reign our family. Rather, help us to be content, whether it is low or high, whether available or unavailable. Help us to cast our problems because through Jesus Christ, we can do all things which strengthen our family. Family is so important and precious, Lord. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for giving us the happy heart in our families. It may be the closing day of this family seminar. Let it be a beginning of a new era in our families with a new joy, new commitment, new covenant, new, new, new set of mind. So that henceforth, until the coming of Jesus Christ, help us to experience the divine joy and happiness in our families. Thank you so much for accepting this supplication and blessing us. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. I'd like to take the opportunity to say thank you to Pastor for um, 
not just today's message, but dear Lord, uh, um, for all the things that he's actually taken part in and administered in, just not just his family life week, but he has a real passion for families and it shows us he sees us as his church family, um, a great facilitator and uh, actually empower us. So I thank you um, for being so dedicated and um, trying to ensure that we as a church family are educated in everything, every aspect of helping us to improve our family lives and especially today's uh, message uh, where we can actually have an extra happy family and how to go and achieve that and thank you for those examples. Uh, may Lord continue to bless you in your own personal family and the church family too. Thank you for your message today. Thank you, everybody.